Hello, and welcome to Stay Less, Stay Guest. Here you're going to learn about self-love and boundaries. I am Lauren Holgren, and I am the face of Stay Less, Stay Yes. Along the way, you'll resonate with my experiences as I share with you about the pain and discomfort that comes from not loving yourself. Here, we will discuss a multitude of ways you love yourself and grow into who God has called you. Hello, everybody. It is the release date for Say Less, Say Yes podcast in 2023. I am so excited to be with you, and I am so excited that you are here with me. What I'm going to do in this first episode is really just let you get to know me. So um, I'm just going to start from the very beginning, and what that looks like is my biological dad and my mom never got married at the age of four. I was adopted by the man that I called dad, and he had been in the picture since before birth. I have a sister and a brother on my mom's side, and then I have a sister on my biological dad's side. In seventh grade, really, uh, we moved from Reading to Osage, so it's like 15 miles away. Reading was a nice place in between uh, Emporia and Osage because both my grandparents lived in both places. When we moved, when I was in seventh grade, my sister was in fourth grade, we were athletic girls. Like we knew the people when we turned a year later, my brother was born and then we went to high school and we won state champions. But within high school is where things really got rocky. And it is that way for a lot of people. Sometimes it's junior high. It just really depends on parenting style and what's going on at home, what's going on at school, you know, the environment that the kid's really around. And for me, my sophomore year was the year I started to full on resist my parents. I was, I went to stay as a freshman in cross country and I played basketball all four years. I did track my first year and I went to regionals, but didn't qualify, but did PR in every single event. Then my sophomore year came and I was like, you know, I'm just kind of burnt out. I don't really want to do this, even though we uh, went to a cross country camp. We raised money, like our parents put a lot of time and effort into it. And I had said that, hey, I'm going to do cross country and I tried to switch to volleyball and that did not work. Um, my parents would not let me do that. I had had an experience with that. So that was like where the resistance kind of started. And on top of that, um, I really felt like my mom was living my life through her eyes. Like, it, like it's trying to put two heads on one body and you guys have seen some of those videos or movies where it just doesn't work. Like there's two total different personalities. They need to be spiritually and physically in different bodies. I didn't realize how passive of a person I was until like recently, within the last six months, you guys. I'm a true introvert, never expected to be an introvert. I'm always like, no, I'm an extrovert and wrong. So then my senior year came up. My sister, you guys, we were Catholic at the time. Um, well, I was. And my sister got confirmed, had her confirmation. And I remember coming home that day. I had just got home from practice. It was volleyball practice. My mom's sitting there shoveling food in her mouth because, you know, we're like in a hurry trying to go. Well, I have a math test the next day. And you guys, math was not my strong suit. I seriously struggled in it. 
so much actually with reading as well that I went to Sylvan for four years. That's a whole nother story. But just know that I struggled and I got assistance for four years and it was, um, it did have an effect on my life. But as far as this situation that we're talking about now with the confirmation, my sister's confirmation, my mom had told me about it and I was like, hey, that's great. Except I have a math test, which I knew I had to study. My mom's sitting there. I just remember her. She was eating potatoes and corn. And she was just shoveling corn in her mouth while she's telling me that my grandpa got in a motorcycle accident. And I'm like, okay, are you going to stop shoveling corn in your mouth and actually tell me what happened? Because I'm like getting really impatient and irate at this point. Because she's just shoveling food in her mouth. Like that's all that I see. She said something about... He was in an accident. He's in the hospital. Like it honestly seemed like she could have given two shits about my grandpa at that time. Now understand there is like when I'm talking about this, you guys, I am not talking about other people and how they did things. I'm talking about it's about how I perceive things. And that's really what a big part of life is. It's how you interpret things and what you perceive them as, and that is why you react instead of respond, okay? That's how I was seeing it, that she could have given two shits about my grandpa's accident and that he was in the hospital, right? Me not really understanding, like, there's nothing that we can do, like, besides go to the hospital, sit and wait. Long story short, her and my mom left. My mom was pissed. I don't know if my dad was there or not. I packed all my shit up in the Cavalier that I had, and I left. There was a lot happening in my life at that time. My parents put a camera in my car and that was like one of the first times that I'd even ever heard of a student driver having a camera in their car. And I just thought it was another like control mechanism, honestly, in a narcissistic way to do things. Looking back, like it was cheaper on insurance. Just again, perspective, seeing the whole picture instead of like a you and narrow view of things. I ran away. I had all my shit with me. It was the longest night of my life. It was cold. And I decided I had a volleyball game the next day and we had to go home because it was home. I literally could not find my slacks that I had. So I had to wear some nice jeans with a nice shirt. When I got to school the next day, the person actually who was next to my volleyball coach's class, because that was the homeroom that I was in, said they're waiting for you in the office because obviously the cops and everybody knew that I was missing. It was really traumatic. Like, I just didn't understand why my mom, like, there was a whole bunch of things leading up to it. I just didn't understand why my mom couldn't just tell me that, like, just for a second, put your fork down, stop shoveling corn in your mouth and tell me what is happening. Why is grandpa in an accident? How bad is it? You know, she could not and would not say anything. Maybe because she didn't know. To me, that was unacceptable at the time. Okay, another thing that had happened was at Allen County. You guys, getting a degree was not an option. Getting a scholarship was not an option at all. <laughs> like, if I wanted to go to school, I had to have a scholarship. I went to Allen Community College. And I lost myself. My parents were super authoritative in high school. They made me feel like I was the worst kid in the world. They made me feel like I was out drinking and partying and whatever all the time, doing drugs. 
if you knew my life, talking about Sylvan, let's transfer to that for a second. What my life looked like day to day inside school was wake up. If you didn't have, um, I was up at like five, sometimes four, four thirty. If I, depending on whether I did or didn't have a test or morning practice, I was doing homework. Then got to school, you know, depending on like if you're showering, you change, go to school, or you know, in the morning you, if you don't have practice, you get ready at home, and then you go to school only to be there, like leave at 7.30, sit down at the class, be there by, you know, 8, 10, you have your stuff out, you're doing your homework, you're going through your classes in lunch for seven, eight hours of day, turn around, go to practice, and you come home, so it's, if it's softball season, you're home at like 7, sometimes 7.30 because of the daylight. Come home, I'd eat, guess what, shower, or work on homework. And it was anywhere between 10 and 12 o'clock when I went to bed. It was even after that sometimes because my parents were like, Lauren, are you in bed? Downstairs is where my sister and I's bedroom was. I was doing it by the like light on my phone or the light on one of the flashlights that I had downstairs because I hadn't finished all my homework. Struggled so hard. What an average day in my life looked like. And if it was a Saturday, I went to Sylvan for four hours, two hours of reading, two hours of math, turn around, come home. It's noon. My day's already spoken for unless I'm doing softball. Even through the summer, you're doing four hours of reading and four hours of math, eight hours of schooling a week, and we had to drive. So it's not that I didn't want to learn because I very much had a drive to learn. It was how on earth could I have felt to be made out to be the bad person, to be the kid who does drugs, who's drinking, who's sneaking out at night. And I'm not saying I didn't sneak out a couple of times. Guys, I think I snuck out three times in my entire life. The point is, how could I have been made to feel that way when I had no time to do that? I was surviving. I've been surviving most of my life instead of living my life. I'm so glad I am not in that state anymore. Back to the Allen County, I got a scholarship for softball. I could have dual sported for volleyball. I chose not to. I went to softball and you guys, I lost myself completely. I was drinking all the time. I went to school hungover. I probably went to practice hungover sometimes. I got in a relationship when I was the second semester of my freshman year. I was on and off in that relationship for three and a half years. It was not a healthy relationship. I think it was just comfortable, honestly, is what I would call it. Because it's not really that you wanted to go and explore any other option. This was a comfortable relationship. We both, we didn't really even meet each other's needs. It was, hey, you're nice to have around, you're fun. But I don't really see this going too far. And we did that for three and a half years off and on, you guys. How do you even get three and a half years into a relationship off and on and still be comfortable. One thing that really stuck out to me when we truly ended our relationship, I had an internship a year before I graduated. I had an internship lined up in Kansas City. He was in chiropractic school in Kansas City. I was like, oh, this would be perfect because I thought this was a relationship that was going to end in marriage. Wrong. <laughs> Everything works out the way it's supposed to. I had an internship 
set up in January. I've been communicating with this lady every month. I want this internship and by gosh, I'm going to get it any way that I can. So we were communicating. We were doing really well. And then it was time to perform and she totally ghosted me. I had six weeks to find a new internship. Oh my gosh. Because I talked to my teacher about this exact same thing I'm telling you guys. And she's like, I can reach out, but I can't make somebody respond. She goes, I would start looking for another one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not going to graduate. I am going to have to miss a semester, which means my scholarships are gone because now I went from Allen County Community College to Emporia State. Oh my gosh, life is getting real. It is, college wasn't enough. Having the workload of college and job, paying for my apartment and this and that, like crazy. I would just felt like the whole world was against me because I had had it set up, not set up anymore go big or go home. I started looking in Florida. Like my mind was places I want to retire. So Florida, hurricane season. And there was so many restrictions. If it's hurricane season, you are on call. You are this, you are that. And that wasn't really something that I was interested in because I didn't want to just work my life away. I wanted to play with my life. I wanted some zest in my life and realize that understanding that this relationship is going to be in strain for about three to four months because I was willing to do whatever it took for it not to take a full semester. I ended up in Montana. It is the most beautiful place if you've never been. Put it on your place to go to visit because Whitefish is about an hour from Canada and it is so worth it. Anyways, I ended up working in Montana. We were driving over on New Year's. It was not New Year's Day because we didn't want to be out when all the drunks were. It was January 2nd because January 4th is when I started. My dad and I drove almost all through the night to get there. And it's a 24, 25-hour drive nonstop, okay? So that means, like, you're not even stopping for gas, food, whatever. We were grabbing food and going. We had it packed. It was, it's something I'm going to always remember in my life. Before we left, so the eve of New Year's Eve, This man had waited at my parents' house for me to come back from Topeka because he wasn't going to see me after that. I wasn't going partying. What that looked like when I got home was he drove me to my grandparents' house two miles away, just outside of the city limits. He gave me a kiss and he said, have fun. And that was it. That was our conversation. And I was like, I'm getting ready to leave for like three months. I don't know if I can come back during that time. You're just going to give me a kiss on the cheek. Say, have fun. I just remember I was so mad. I got out of the truck and I slammed it as hard as I possibly could. I was so mad, you guys. And here's the thing. I was mad before I ever met this guy. I didn't know how to cope when I met him. Like, I did not know how to be on my own. I was still dealing with my parents' drama, like everything. It was probably six months into it. I finally just let it go. But I know when I came home, I had said, hey, I want to chat with you. I'm just really tired of being mad at you. We set up a meeting and chatted. I was still mad, but acceptance is hard, especially when you thought something of three and a half years off and on. It's all that you really know. Like, that's the only serious relationship I had. You think that it's going somewhere. Like, when you are so inexperienced, And you're not even like secure in yourself. How can you be so secure in another relationship, especially when it's been off and on? So I was in Montana from 2016 to 2017. So I was there for 18 months. One of the best seasons of my life, but I wish I would have learned how to grow instead of to party. 
And what that kind of looked like was when 2017 hit, I was deciding if I wanted to stay in Montana still and how I was going to further my career because what I was getting paid wasn't going to get me anywhere. It wasn't putting any money in my savings account. It wasn't helping me. What it looked like was I'm going to continue to stay where I'm at in my life for however many years until I decide that I want to upgrade or what I want to make out of a career because being a cardiac pulmonary therapy aide was not cutting it and being a part-time pilot coach basically wellness coach trainer was not gonna cut it the pay scale wasn't cutting it it was getting me by but it wasn't something I could build a future on as beautiful and as marvelous as it was so 2017 I started my master's program my one and only class of my master's program and I got a C in it maybe four days later May 12th after my final I got into a serious ATV accident, and if I wasn't wearing my helmet or my goggles, I would have not been here. Like, I I wouldn't have made it. Thank God I walked away with what I had, even though it was gory. My mom and my grandma came up. Uh, They drove up from Kansas to see me and to help me because I had a gooseneck wrist. I had to have surgery, all these kinds of things. I had cracked ribs. My nose is broke. There was a lot that had happened just until May. So then June comes around and my mom has been going and getting tested and my sister and I are not close. We have not ever been close. Where I currently am, we are much closer, but like at this point in our life, in 2017, we were not close. We did not talk to each other really. We don't, like we didn't confide in each other, anything. And so Lindsay and I, my sister, had been kind of talking When my mom said that she was diagnosed with breast cancer, we automatically, I mean, I feel like you just freeze up in shock because you're like trying to accept it while asking yourself all of these questions and wanting to repeat the questions in your mind to her, trying to like have her be heard still. Just really wrap yourself around the situation that's happening. What that looked like for us was she's telling us it's hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, test and wait, test and wait. And so they had known for a while, but they didn't have a lot of answers. So they waited to tell us because they couldn't do anything but wait either. And that would not have done really anything for us kids. With that happening and that being said, I was texting my sister and I said something about, I think I need to come home. And she goes, I think you do too. Meanwhile, my sister is trying to get her schooling started. She's thinking about going to Tennessee. I was a little relentless to that, but I also, because I felt like I had to give up my life that I was thought I was happy with. Long story short, July hit, I decided, hey, I'm coming home for a couple months or a couple weeks because mom's going to have surgery. And I worked part-time, so I had the luxury of doing that as well as my parents helping me out financially, plane tickets and things like that, you know, gas, travel, everything. But I was going to be gone for two weeks. I came home. I didn't tell you this, but in January of 2017, there's this man who is now my husband, but there's this man who broke my heart when I was in high school, who toyed with it, who did all of these things. 
I'm telling you, it is by God's grace that we got married. It is by God's grace. God has had such a huge hand in our lives because it could have gone so many different ways than what it actually has. So this man had broken my heart. He had reached out to me on Instagram and commented on one of my posts. And I was like, oh, this guy, right? Like I had sworn him off since I was a senior because that's when we met. And I was just not going to have it. I was not about to do it. I was like, okay, I can just have a conversation. And he goes, hey, cutie, or, you know, something like that. Ever since the 2nd of January in 2017, we had really just been chatting consistently at almost every single day. And then about February, it started to be every single day. I got scared because I was falling for him. And I knew what had happened last time. You know, we all have scars and we all wear them. You want to learn from the lessons from previously. And I, I was honestly just so stinking scared. And when my mom got cancer, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to be in town. It was so crazy because it's like, it was all over again. Like the first day, like he came over to my parents' house and it was so crazy because like he knew my parents in high school. Okay. Like we've had conversations throughout the years. We were pretty serious. I was just so giddy and nervous. Like I had never been so giddy and nervous. And I was like, especially after over somebody who has met my parents previously, you know, it's not like I'm bringing a new guy in, but I hadn't seen him in years. I had to let him know that I was not coming home for him. Like, yes, I care about you. And yes, I want to be with you. But this is the real reason why I'm coming home. And I felt like I had to say why I was coming home because I couldn't let my brain fall into the trap that my heart was in. And I'm sure there are so many people that can relate to that. Two weeks went by. I spent a lot of time with him. I ended up moving back two or three weeks earlier. So August hit and I was back home. Man, coming home was a whirlwind. And then again in 2017, on the 29th of December, my grandfather uh, got into a single car accident. I'm thankful that it was a single car accident, but it was really traumatizing. I mean, when you don't expect someone to die and it's sudden, right? And I remember it clear as day where actually my one of my best friends at the time, it was her wedding the next day. I was helping her set up for her wedding in the community center. And I got a phone call when we were breaking for lunch and I just called her and told her and I said, I'm not going to make tonight's rehearsal. She was thankfully understanding of that. I'm not sure who really wouldn't be understanding of that. And I remember I went to my husband's job. Um, he worked at the Burlington Co-op. I just told him like my grandpa died and he got in the car and we drove up there and you guys I remember seeing the body bag on a gurney and the shock that I was in the state that I was in was something I had never because I was in disbelief I was like I gotta see for myself like my grandpa you know my grandpa went through a flipping motorcycle accident hit the middle of a van his helmet flew off a hundred feet away like he was in ICU, he was in pain. My grandpa comes out of things, you know, and this one, he just didn't. And, you know, God had a plan for him. 
but that's really when things took a turn. Um, I had three jobs at that point. Our relationship, Logan and I's relationship, he's now my husband, was really strained at that point. I worked three jobs. I came home because I had three part-time jobs. So I could be the one who, if anything did happen to my mom, who could be like, okay, I got to go by your deal. I'm not take a lot of responsibilities at these jobs, but at the drop of a hat, I need to be able to say, hey, I can go. And they were all very understanding of the situation that was at hand. Then our relationship kind of got strained because right around February, my husband went to trucking and I was like, there's no way we're going to make this relationship work if you're trucking. It was crazy because my dad was a trucker until I was about seven or eight years old, you guys. He he could be gone for three months and home for a couple of days or home for half a week or a week. And then he's back on the road. Like, we did not see my dad a lot growing up because that was the sacrifice that my parents decided. My parents decided to make the sacrifice that my dad is willing to go and truck and provide the money, the financial aspect solely for this household because my mom didn't trust people who were taking care of me at daycare. On top of that, they didn't make enough money to pay for daycare and wear and tear on a vehicle to drive 20 miles one way, 20 miles back the other way every single day, plus another vehicle. There were times that my parents only ever had one vehicle. They decided to live that way because it was what was best for their kids. Even though they went into credit card debt, you guys, that was the way they were going to raise their kids because their kids were safe. They were taken care of. They were well-loved. The financial aspect, they would figure out. I do have to applaud my parents for that because not a lot of people are willing to go into debt in their relationship in order to sacrifice the financial stableness of their home in order for their kids safety and when you think about it like that yes that makes sense but a lot of people it's not an option in their mind um fear is just so so real that's what was happening in my mind because i was like he's never going to be home we're supposed to be starting a family and so if he was going trucking i was driving you guys three jobs still I was driving to Marysville, Kansas. That's a two and a half hour drive, two hour drive, depending on a pit stop and whatnot. I drove that two hours in the morning to get to work because I wanted to see him. He couldn't go very far because he had the rig that he had to do. Just the logistics of how trucking works. And it just was not an option. And if I wanted to see him, I had to make the sacrifice to go and put the miles on my car and do this and do that. And so I did. And because I was that serious about this relationship, but I'm also that person who's like, I am giving my everything because I do not want to regret not doing something, regardless if I'm doing it scared uh, for my flipping life. I would rather regret doing it than never doing it in the first place. Because I will not live with regrets I wish I would have uh, in the aspect like I wish I would have tried when I am the person who tried it. That is just who I have made myself to be. And I'm very proud of that. The other thing is that when he was doing that, I decided I was going to go back to Montana. My mom was in remission at this point and everything was pretty much good. I had two jobs at that time and I got rid of my waitressing job. And then I decided I wanted to go back to Montana because I wanted to get my full two years of credentials. I had 18 months. That meant I only had like another 
half a year left roughly in order to get my two years because there's nowhere in Kansas that accepts anything under three years. But if I had at least two years under my belt, I felt like I could have a true position because I was still trying to find a career back here. And him moving to Montana was not an option, especially since he had just started a new trucking job. And that was something he wanted to do was to eventually own his own trucking business, which he did go on to do. But at that point in our lives, like that's where we were. This is how we had to make it work. And it just was daunting. He didn't like the idea of it. So he actually proposed to me on my sister's her boyfriend at the time's birthday because I was going to leave the next day and when I went to Montana a month later I decided I was there I was offered the position it wasn't working between Logan and I and I got up at like 4 a.m packed my car and I decided to come home like I left first thing in the morning I told a couple people goodbye and I left and headed for Kansas. And I made that drive in 23 hours because my brother had a ball game. I made the ball game, to say the least. But that was really hard, you guys. And that is kind of like when I really found God in my journey. Um, I had been Catholic previously. And there's just a lot of stigma that goes with being Catholic. And a lot of hard do's and hard don'ts. And there's no, like, there's very sharp edges, um, if you will. I was just really mad because I was confused. I didn't really care for the Catholic religion. And I was in my car. I was praying to God. I swear for that entire 23 hours, I did not sleep. I could not pull over because I was so in, I was so in it with God and I was so distraught. I could not, which clearly was not healthy. Long story short, that was probably now that I'm thinking about it, 2018 to 2019 was the longest year and a half of my freaking life. Because we broke up actually the two days before we actually started dating, um, which would have been a previous year. It was a year of like trials and boundary setting and, hey, I'm going to come see you at work. And I switched jobs. Like I came home jobless. I was doing houses for my dad. I was, I didn't patch the ceiling, but patching walls. I was painting. I was demoing. I was like doing all of this stuff. And I'm thankful I didn't have to be around people because I don't know if my heart could have handled talking to anybody at that point. I decided to move to Holton while I was a waitress at Chili's in Topeka. And then I ended up getting a job at Buckle and I was going back and forth for a while. And I decided, hey, I'm going to make Buckle a full-time thing. That whole time, Logan and I were off and on really, not relationship-wise, just like, hey, I'm going to talk to you. Hey, I am not talking like the boundary setting the understand each other's hurt like just getting to know each other on that super raw vulnerable passionate hey you burned me and this is what I'm dealing with and I need you to understand this is where I'm coming from like this is a place of hurt that needs to be heard in order for us to move forward I had had people tell me that he said, she's the one, she's the one, like, I'm not going to get married to anybody else. He would not have led me to believe that by his actions at all. And, you know, some people talk and this and that. So it's just really your own understanding at that point. And my understanding was, is that he was having his cake and eating it too. 
and I was not going to be a part of it. I was like, if you want to have your cake, your cake's here and you're not going to eat it somewhere else too. Like, that's not how this works. I've never been a person like that. So there was quite a few months where we just like did not talk. I think it was a three month started talking around Thanksgiving in 2019 and decided the very last minute at Christmas, he invited me to his family Christmas. And I was just like, oh, we're going to do this again. Like, you know, being reintroduced after like a super toxic relationship. You guys, we would always scream and yell at each other like 10 times a day. We could not have a conversation just sitting here chit-chatting. We finally got through the hurt and got through the pain. And we found out in March that we were pregnant. In February, we had decided to buy a 2018 Jeep Compass. It was the worst decision that we made because we did not, we still weren't on that level. We were not making that communication, that conversation. He wanted me to have nice things because I never thought I could have them. Then realizing that we were pregnant and wondering how much a child costs, like just doing all of this research. First of all, don't let research freak you out because it's not always the case. It's the circumstance that somebody's in as far as financially, like their environment, everything. When you're researching stuff, take that into consideration and take it with a grain of salt because your situation is not ever going to be specifically identically to anybody else's. Just know that you still get to live your own life. You get to choose what you do and don't spend money on how you feel about that relationship. We were desperately trying to get rid of this Jeep Compass because every month we had to go in once or twice and have it updated, like the computer system updated. Well, then when you open the door and you'd back up, the car would stop, like it would park itself because the door was open when you're backing up and just all these kinds of safety features that when you live on a farm, doesn't really, not that it doesn't apply to you, but you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, really. Thankfully, we got out of it. We got this Acadia, and I am so thankful that it is paid off. The other thing is that we had the Jeep Compass when we had Raylan, and then in November, and then in December before Christmas, we actually got the Acadia, and it was paid off in less than two years, so about a year and a half. My husband decided to quit his trucking job because People weren't paying him in the time span that they had said that they would. And he was using personal money and he just decided to take a loss while he was ahead. Sold the tractor, sold the trailer, came out ahead. We got out of debt. And I tell you guys, that was the biggest thing in my life, being $22,000 in debt. Holy cow. And we got out of it completely. I literally prayed and praised God all day, every day long for the longest time. And as we all should be doing. And you guys, it's not all been um, roses, you know. When I was pregnant with Raylan, I know that Logan introduced me to a specific set of friends that we, like, we didn't have friends that we just went out and partied with or did anything with, especially being pregnant. <clears throat> and Logan had a motorcycle, and this guy had a motorcycle, so we, she was pregnant too, so we went out with them, this and that. And really, it was a testing time, again, by God's grace, that we made it through the first pregnancy, y'all, because he was wanting to drink and party, and I was like, hey, I have to grow up now because I'm growing the human. Like, there are things that I take in and that I'm around that truly affect this, and you being gone all the time trucking, and you 
drinking all the time and doing this and doing that. And like what you're around, your environment influences you, whether you believe that or not, it truly does influence you. It makes it easier to do something because around that environment, it is socially acceptable. Like you've been socialized that it is acceptable in that environment. With that being said, I thought I was going to be a single mom because my pregnancy was absolutely awful. I did not care for the way that we were talking to each other. It was still um, yelling and stuff like that. And there was still a lot of vulnerability, but there were also parts that we didn't heal from previously. Before we found out we were pregnant, our relationship was really good, though. There were just parts of it that we weren't going deep enough in order to really chit chat about those and nail those down before we really move forward. And I don't want anybody to think that my child is a bastard child because she is not. Like, I prayed for both of my children, and they are one of the best things that has ever happened to me. I thought I was going to be a single mom <laughs> to Raylan um, just because we were not on the same page. I didn't like the way he talked to me. He threatened to leave all the time, you know, this, this, and this. And then we finally moved into my great-grandparents' house, and we moved in in September. And Raylan was due in November. And I remember that I remember moving in here, like cleaning it, everything and moving in that I told him, you have an option. You can decide that you're, that you are going to stay, that you are going to make this relationship work regardless of what it takes and that you are going to be present and be a dad and be a husband when we get to that point, because we're not engaged again at this point. When you decide what kind of relationship you want with me is the kind of relationship that you then have to decide to have with your daughter who is not here yet. But if you think that we are going to have a relationship and that we are going to go anywhere, you are going to have to decide to stay. Because if you threaten to leave, you're done. Like we're not going to be in this household and threaten to constantly leave. So he moved in two weeks later. And I did forget to tell you that one of those stressors was I did quit my job at Buckles because they did not, I asked for less hours. I couldn't work full time. I physically could not handle it in my condition. And when I say my condition is being pregnant, it is actually a condition that I physically, I could have been in the best shape of my life, which I was in some pretty darn good shape, but I could not physically walk that much, let alone just perform the daily activities at the pace I was previously doing that. Then we just became one, really. After Raylan was born, we did have some struggles. So one of the struggles was that Logan was a full-time trucker. He was still doing his own business, but at the same time, he was over the road hauling hogs. He was in Marysville, which again is about two, two and a half hours away. And twice a week, we would meet in Topeka, which is about 45 probably a half hour drive for us, um, just depending on the part of Topeka that we're going to. And he drove an hour and a half, two hours to see his kid at least twice a week because he wasn't always home on the weekends. We did that for three months. And for the first three months of Raylan's life, I raised her. I'm not going to say by myself because I did have help. I did have my parents. I had his parents. And that's really all that our kids know are his parents and my parents, of course, they know the siblings. That is who our kids trust. And that's who they who they are with. We don't have a babysitter, which I am truly, truly thankful for. And I'm truly blessed that both sets of grandparents want to be as present and as involved as they currently are. 
for the first three months, I, that was hard. And being a first time mom and like trying to figure out how to do it on your own and having to work. I mean, I got to work for my dad, you guys, and I still get to take the kids with me, but it was just one thing that I was like, oh my gosh, like I am, I just don't know how to do this. And it really is a learning process. And when they say give your, give yourself grace as a mom, they are not kidding. You don't even understand the amount of grace that you need to be able to give yourself. Like in comparison, and I hate comparing, but like in comparison to the grace that God gives us is really how you need to be with yourself as far as being a mom or a parent, right? Like a single parent. The other day, I just snapped at Raylan because she didn't know where her socks was. There were seven items, including two kids on that bed. <laughs> and I literally just tossed you the sock 30 seconds ago. Where's the other one? And I totally lost it. I just told her, I was like, we're not leaving the house until you find it, you know, because I'm tired of doing it all. And realizing she's only two and a quarter and this kind of stuff, I was just like, don't lose your marbles. She's learning and you're learning. Parenting, caretaking is a constant teacher-student relationship and it constantly rotates. And so we had figured out how to live with each other. You know, Logan um, said, hey, I'm done doing this. I want to be home. I want to be with my kid. I want to be with my, at that time, fiance, not fiance yet, pretty darn close time. And um, I can't remember specifically when he proposed that time. I feel like it was around New Year's sometime. He wanted to be home more, which was great because I was like, holy cow, that means I get to have a break. But then it was a whole nother learning process of like, hey, you don't just get to go and do what you want. Like, yeah, I'm mom. And I did not breastfeed for more than two and a half, three months with Raylan because I, I didn't get it. I was misinformed. I wish I would have done more research because I severely underestimated breastfeeding both times. No, not to compare yourself to others. Like take it with a grain of salt and learn from it and educate yourself but that doesn't mean that your situation is going to be specific to it it might be similar but it's not going to be specific I decided that I was just done breastfeeding it was it was just a lot you guys it really was a lot and us learning how to be parents because it went from me being the full-time parent not that Logan wasn't a parent I was the full-time default parent at work I had her at night I had her like it was my scheduling and then when Logan decided that he was going to stay home not stay home when he decided that he wasn't going to truck anymore or that he wasn't going to be over the road as often and he was home more often like three four nights a week I was still the one that was like hey this is what we're doing you know and now Logan works the job since he quit his trucking job it has been a learning experience for us for me to let go of some of that control and be like, hey, you're a parent too. He's getting up in the middle of the night, you know, like he's pulling his way as a parent. And we do not have the same parenting styles. Like you wouldn't have known that when you had your first kid because I was a full-time parent. And that is the role that I accepted. Obviously accepted like when we got back together, like how his trucking was and things like that. Like I had have I had learned to accept and have a different relationship with his job as a trucker than what I had previously had because I was projecting onto him what my mom and dad's relationship was like and how it affected me as a child, as a product. That was something that was also very important.
So there were a lot of up and downs through um, when we were having Raylan. And then you guys, we got married very shortly after we were proposed uh, or after we were engaged. We had a wedding September 11th. It was great. Um, there were things that came up a month before, three weeks, two weeks, one week, the night before our wedding. And um, the wedding day itself had some issues. Um, had some, What wedding doesn't have a story? That's all that I'm going to say there. You guys, as I found out later that marriage is hard. Like one year, I don't care if it's one year. You know, people say the first year of marriage is hard. The third year of marriage is hard. The first five years, the first 10 years. Y'all, let me just let you in on a secret. Life, not just marriage, not just work, not just raising children, not just trying to figure out who you are and know your identity and love yourself is hard. Life, everything that you do, that you look at, that you breathe in, that you breathe out is hard. And you get to choose your heart. You get to choose what it is that you're going to make hard. And let me tell you that self-discipline is self-love. And this is something we're going to get into as we have other episodes that come out. But what I'm trying to say is, is that self-love is self-discipline. And if you are not willing to sit through the suck, and the suck is the pain, the suck is the hurt, just so y'all know, it's the hard part of life. And there's going to be great times. There is going to be great times and you need to learn to bask in that and be thankful and live in that moment without it over here the shoe's gonna drop the shoe's gonna drop what if it doesn't have to what if it's not constantly dropping what if you can actually live over here and have a healthy relationship what i am here to do is talk about self-love and boundaries i am so excited you guys i cannot wait to go on this journey with you go ahead like subscribe and send this to a friend because you never know who on the inside is actually who is needing to set boundaries we all have boundaries you need to set boundaries for yourself we all have different boundaries all to different extents and we all learn to grow with those boundaries and our boundaries change throughout our life and we will see you for the next episode here at say less say more